I've never had to use a handicap placard. And, you know, somebody my age, people look at me and they're like, oh, you're not disabled. It was hard for me to accept, but eventually I started trying to utilize that because it was a, it was a statement for me that this is where I'm at in my, like, that's where I was at in my journey. And I had to change something if I wanted something to change. This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier and happier life. Here we go again with another interview with someone who has dramatically improved their lives with rheumatoid arthritis. In this case, juvenile idiopathic arthritis. Rihanna joins me from Los Angeles, California, and she's going to tell us today how her dreams of becoming an elite gymnast were very, very uh, under threat because of the joint inflammation that she was experiencing at a very young age. And the point that she has now got to, her future plans, it's going to be very, very inspiring and uplifting because her story is going to be great. So Rihanna, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I have suffered with rheumatoid arthritis officially for four years, and I have completely turned my life upside down to start training gymnastics again in the past year and a half. I've been able to do all the things that I used to be able to do with limited pain and much better mobility. So. It's, you know, you're a very interesting person. We've chatted at length prior to hitting record here, and I want to capture some of those interesting points throughout our conversation so that they don't just exist between you and I. But you've moved from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with dreams of of all that Los Angeles can bring that we see from the movies and so on. In fact, it's kind of like the Miley Cyrus song where she says, party in the USA. If you listen to the lyrics of that song in the verses, she talks about the plane landing. She sees the Hollywood signs. She gets the vibe. But then she gets so excited when she goes to a club and realizes that they're playing her song and everything's going to be okay. How have you landed here in the in LA in the last couple of months? Do you feel like, you know, you're you're ready to take on the new challenge. And we will talk about your arthritis, of course, for the bulk of this conversation. Yeah, of course. Um, So, you know, whenever I got here, I had no idea what I was going to do. I just saw a bunch of people doing flips and acro stuff. And I was like, I want to learn how to do all of it. And, uh, you know, being that I used to be a gymnast, I came out here with uh, hopes and dreams of you know, possibly making to it to Cirque du Soleil one day. That's always been a goal of mine since I was like 10. Um, but that's kind of like on the back burner for now until I learn like all the skills and stuff. But uh, there's been so many people here who have just been amazing and helpful and beneficial to getting me involved in the community and being very understanding of like my limitations with my joints and such. So coming out here has just been such an experience thus far. It's only been three months and I've already seen so much stuff, but I'm like, I just can't wait to see what this summer brings as far as training and everything. So I'm like really excited about that. 
you're 23 years old and you've had juvenile idiopathic arthritis for much earlier um, than just the diagnosis at aged 19. Can you tell us what sorts of ambitions that you had as a youngster in terms of your gymnastics uh, future? Um, the pressure potentially or none coming from your parents, the pressure you felt to perform and how your joints started to impact those dreams. Yeah. So whenever I was, I started gymnastics when I was seven and, um, you know, I always had the hopes and dreams of going to the Olympics one day. And, you know, I realized that that's a very, very small percentage of people that actually make it there. But um, I always had it in the back of my mind and uh, I wanted to do NCAA, which is college collegiate gymnastics, which I trained from the age of seven until 17 to do. And, um, unfortunately, you know, my symptoms, I just thought it was like the normal gymnast pain, you know, aches and pains, swelling here and there. But as I got older, it got a little bit worse and I started having symptoms like tennis elbow and golfer's elbow. And I'm like, I didn't really injure myself. Why is this hurting? Couldn't really straighten my arms and, you know, trying to do bars and stuff when you're elbow doesn't straighten past here is kind of not doable. So, um, you know, I had stress fractures in my tibias and fibulas at age 17, and that ultimately ended my career. And uh, I thought I would never be able to pick the sport up again. I thought that my career as an athlete, I thought all of the fitness world, I didn't even think I could lift weights again. Whenever I got to the point I was around age 19, when I was diagnosed, that was like, that was definitely um, eye-opening. I was flaring in a different joint every two weeks. I was unable to walk. You know, this, it, it just got so progressive as time went on that I finally just had to figure out what is going on with my body. This is not normal. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll go into those years in just a moment. I just want to, um, if people are listening to this and they are, you know, um, not driving, uh, I want you to just give us your Instagram ha uh, handle right now, because people can listen and look at Instagram at the same time. I want people to see what you can now do. What is your Instagram? It is Rihanna Skiles, R-I-A-N-N-A-S-K-I-L-E-S. Okay, so go to Instagram if you're if you're not driving or you're not running. Uh, uh, R-I-A-N-N-A-S-K-I-L-E-S. Just check out what Rihanna can do. It is phenomenal. Um, you're doing backflips, handstands, upside down splits. Um, jumping off walls into foam pits. I mean, things that are really extraordinary for anyone at any age, let alone someone who's had years and years of inflammatory arthritis. So we'll get to how you got back to, to that ability uh, shortly. Uh, but, but let's talk about, you know, you said you could barely walk. Was it in your knees, ankles? Where was it? It was in my feet, my ankles. Um... Not, I don't know why I didn't get it in my knees or my hips. Those were like the only places I didn't. It was in my spine, my elbows, my shoulders, my wrists, my hands. I still have uh, a few nodes that, 
you know, get a little bit swollen every once in a while if I do something that like extreme. But um, like if I like stub my finger or doing something like, but um, other than that, I pretty much am trying to get my mobility back to a point where, because I think that that was part of the reason why I started flaring so much was a combination of stress, nutrition, like poor nutrition and I think I was just overworked and it started, you know, it would switch every two weeks. It would go from my wrist to my elbow to my ankle. And it was like, I had a a brace for every part of my body. (laughs) And I still do because I'm like, I, I just, I can't get rid of them yet. I'm like, these are a part of my journey. (laughs) So um, luckily I have been, you know, able to stay away from the the braces, but I, I would, get flare-ups all throughout here like my I guess this what is this joint here Mm, sort of the base of the thumb knuckle Mm. Um, Mm. well that's a landing point isn't it if you're doing backflips cartwheels boom cartwheel onto that same spot every time so there's going to be a contribution there from the impact for sure for sure it's um I definitely do a lot of like strengthening exercises just like more than most people would have to do to keep mm. myself and my joints safe, especially my knees, wrists, and ankles. Those are like my weak points, I think. What I mean, my knees are, they never flared, but I have, I don't know if I have Ehlers-Danlos or not, but I have like hypermobility in my knees. So I have to be very mindful that I'm not hyperextending mm. them when I do stuff because that can cause a flare up. But that would never just flare by itself, if that makes sense. Okay. Let's talk about the drugs. Let's, I want to cover the drugs that you tried, what happened when you took them, which ones worked, which ones didn't, because you did try several, um, currently not on any medication. Uh, and then I want you to uh, go into, you know, let's just, just talk about nutrition. We'll talk about exercises. Obviously, that's your real strong point. And we'll talk about what really works best for you so people can get a, uh, some, some knowledge out of your brain and into theirs as to ways to manipulate their, their lifestyle. First of all, just run through which drugs you used and what your experience was like. Okay, yeah. So I started off with, I, I must have been 14, I think, was whenever I was first put on a medication for my RA and it was naproxen I believe an anti-inflammatory um and it did nothing (laughs) and I was still having inflammation all the time and then I switched from that later on in life I got on several like prednisone you know they were just like oh this is just something we're gonna prescribe you we don't know what I wasn't technically diagnosed they were just doing it for severe inflammation And then whenever I did get my diagnosis, they put me immediately on methotrexate, which I was doing the oral medication for that one. And I would get horribly sick. I mean, just my personal experience with it, and it's different for everybody, but I got horribly sick and it made me so tired for like five days. And then by the time I started to feel like I could do anything, it was time to take the medication again. And I was going to school at the time and it was just a lot for me to try and manage. So I was, 
was like, this is not working. I called my rheumatologist and I was like, can we set something else up? And she said to take Humira in addition to the methotrexate. So I started that and I was like, my body just was not doing well with the methotrexate. So I was like, I don't think I could take this. I got off the methotrexate, stayed on the Humira for a year. The Humira was successful in managing my flares to a certain degree. Without changing the nutrition, I still had morning stiffness. I still had every morning I'd wake up and my fingers would be like stuck closed. It wasn't until I did both and then eventually cut out the Humira that I was able to see the, the true change in my body. So um, I've been off of Humira for about a year now and pretty successful with no flares. The only time I had flares was whenever I had a pizza at the same time that I had COVID. So that was just, uh, my immune system was not happy with that decision. So um, that was, and that was in December and I've been back on doing well again. So it's, it's been a roller coaster for sure. Funny you mentioned pizza. Um, the day that I proposed to Melissa, uh, we went out that night in the very limited uh, restaurant strip of Katoomba, which is a little town in the Blue Mountains here near Sydney. And uh, the options uh, were very limited and we, and we had a pizza. And the day after the joyous, most amazing, wonderful you know, experience of becoming engaged, uh, I could barely walk uh, after having a pizza uh, that night to celebrate. So, you know, it was, yeah, I tried not to let that dampen our spirits the next morning as we were calling friends around the world to tell them. Um, but, yeah, boy, did that pizza <laughs> destroy me. Uh, yeah, and I'll never go to that pizza shop again. Not the pizzas. Well, not, you know, not nothing about that unique pizza shop is just obviously the ingredients of pizza is just the opposite of what we need for our body. Yeah. yeah well, well, so you're off the Humira. Um, you've recovered from the pizza incident. Um, yeah. What does it feel like to be you now when you wake up in the morning and then you go through your day? What hurts to what extent? And is it going in the right direction? Um, so the only thing that I noticed is for me, I have, um, I carry a lot of tension in my shoulders. So I have issues with my scapulas. Um, and this is why I do mobility work every morning, because I know that that just gets my shoulders like properly lined. And I also have calcific tendonitis in my shoulders that I'm trying to break up the the calcification by doing mobility and like banded work. Um, but I guess like the only thing that is stiff in the morning is my back and shoulders a little bit. And I do foam rolling and mobility work and that takes care of it. And, um, a lot of days I also do hot yoga because I feel like that also gets me moving in the morning as well. Did you say cardio? Uh, hot yoga. Oh, hot yoga. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Cardio also does it if it's warm out. If it's cold out, I don't like to run in the cold. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For I sure. don't know if that's like if that's the same for everybody with RA if they hate the cold, but I do not like the cold. It hurts my body. Yeah. Um. I did a a uh, podcast about this a couple of months ago, and in terms of you know 
being a risk factor for developing rheumatoid arthritis. Cold exposure, both outside and inside for long periods, is a risk factor for developing rheumatoid arthritis. However, um, uh, it was not as dose-dependent outside. So it seems that the activity levels that are likely to take you to go outside in the cold, because you wouldn't go outside in the cold just to be there, you would go out to be doing something, um, tends to offset the statistics as much if you was outside. So there's something about cold and outside that, that doesn't, you know, lead well to future health. But just common sense uh, comes into play as well that warmth just brings more blood flow it just brings you know more mobility to the joints it reduces the uh, the uh, i guess it increases the flexibility of, of the muscles and then it's normally associated with sunshine which has tremendous health benefits not just vitamin d but as i'll be talking about in upcoming podcasts near infrared radiation stimulates mitochondrial production of melatonin which is one of the body's most powerful antioxidants and so if we can get safe sunshine, um, then we are going to literally reduce oxidative stress just being outside. So, yeah. Anyway, well, I took a little bit of a, a science route there to say, um, yes, none of us really love being out in the cold. <laughs> yeah. um, so that actually, you know, uh, that, that, that's amazing. So you're just waking up, you've got a little bit of problems in your shoulders, which, by the way, you know that I'm the biggest fan of hanging from an overhead bar for shoulder issues, right? Really? And, oh, my yeah. gosh. If you haven't done this yet, I almost give you my word that if you do this for a couple of weeks just for uh, uh, like one little attempt each day, you're going to – you're in Venice Beach, um, okay? There's going to be workout bars everywhere. There's outside gyms oh, yeah, and all of that. Yeah. yeah. Go over to where the big guys with their shirts off and their abs are all training. and. There'll be overhead bars. Reach up, palms forward, right? Not a chin-up style, but a but a pull a pull-up style, slightly further apart than your shoulders, and just hang, just hang there. Okay, do this once a day, and you will really notice the the benefits. It's, I like the the ropes. Uh -huh. The other ones I'm talking about, where you go okay. battle ropes. Yeah, the battle ropes. Right, those are yeah. real good. Yeah. Now yeah. again. That's good because what we're trying to do is we're trying to strengthen the back and open up, stretch the chest, strengthen the back, stretch the chest. So hanging is the first part of the, the realignment of the shoulder positions, which is scientifically supported by a shoulder surgeon who did studies on this and published a book called The Shoulder Solution, which you can find on Amazon. And he just goes, it's like it's a whole book on like anatomy of the shoulders and the whole thing just basically is all this anatomy for like 50 pages and then hang from a bar is the answer, right? You talk about a chromial shape too. I'm sure he did, but he lost me yeah. on a lot of the science. But certainly if you've got scapular issues and rotator cuff issues, this is your solution. Posture for sure. I noticed that for me, like mm -hmm. I did so much stuff here, like yeah. with my shoulders, like and I guess this is like forward rotation that I have to yeah. like always think about keeping my posture like a dancer. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, if you train those muscles more than you train your chest muscles, you'll naturally improve your posture because those muscles, as they develop, bring you into a better alignment. So, 
Look, that's the theory behind it. I just do pull-ups as my main source of upper body exercise, and I swear by it. Got rid of tendonitis in my elbow, fixed all my rotator cuff issues. I never wake up through discomfort throughout the night anymore, through my shoulders or back or neck. It is, it's the go. Start by just hanging, and then when you can take your weight, try and pull up. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about let's let's get um, some uh, some guidance from you. Um, you obviously did the Patterson program. What was your experience on that in terms of pain reduction? It saved my life. Like I and I genuinely mean that because uh, I was so miserable that I could not. I didn't know there was not a lot of information on the internet a couple years ago, like there is a lot now, like there's more research, but I, you were one of the first people that like got up there and talked about, you know, that you're, you're curing your autoimmune disease with no medication. That's always what I wanted. You know, it's like, I was my dream. I'm like, I need to, I need to figure this out. And whenever, whenever I started the Patterson program, I was like, this is going to be life changing because I noticed after 24 hours after doing the juice cleanse with, I think it was the, uh, celery and, uh, what was the cucumber? That's right. Right. Cucumber. And I also would add, um, a little bit of kale every once in a while. And, uh, that seemed to do the trick after 24 hours, my body was back at like this baseline of not feeling like I'm ready to get up and move, but you know, like the, the inflammation was like settled, like my joints would be hot and red every single morning. And I would just be, I didn't know. I didn't know that what I was eating was causing this. I had no clue. So, and just you putting your story out there was, it changed my life and I'm sure so many other people's lives. Like it, it's just amazing. Mm. Well, isn't that just amazing to, uh, to think about, that's what you just said was you didn't realize that what you were eating was causing it. And some people can get really upset by this, who don't like to change their diet, who really only trust the medical profession because they'll say that their doctor says that diet doesn't matter. Well, diet's not the entire solution, but diet matters more than just about anything else so it's the number the one thing are what you eat. <laughs> yeah For yeah sure. that's right exactly yeah. um and and that's why that juice cleanse is in the program it's not because by doing two days of juicing that that's going to have the greatest impact on our future outcome of doing the program or of feeling better it's mainly the realization is that's my objective i want people to say holy crap look yeah. at this I have power over this inflammation. And this is one of my most famous, my, my favorite, most favorite statements. If you can influence it, you can improve it. Um, so when you notice that you can influence your pain by not eating, you realize I can improve it then because I can influence it. Yeah. So, and that's like the goosebumps on the legs kind of excitement moment when you're like, wow, okay, here we go. I'm on to yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, didn't you didn't you say that you had a, a stomach virus and it was a cherry yeah. or something that you had that exactly. made you realize that it, that it was the foods? That's it's it really. It was is. a pure accident. It was like a a uh, it was completely 
surreptitious or whatever the word is, uh, serendipity or whatever, like fortunate situation. At the time, it was not because I just had vomiting and diarrhea for 24 hours. Uh, and I just lay there in bed, just, just dreading the fact, in my mind, the fact that I was going to not be able to get up and walk because movement was everything for me. But uh, then I got up and to go to the toilet, I'm like, I'm walking better than I was four hours ago, and I haven't moved. And then four hours later, I got up and go to the bar, I'm walking even better than I have in the last six months. And then it continued like that as I kept making bathroom trips to go to the toilet and vomit and stuff. All my pain went away. That's the realisation. Mm. I definitely had that that same realization, but it's it just I suffered for so long and I was like, why did I put myself through that? I just I had no idea. And you know, if I can help one person like realize that this is like this is what it is, like it's the food. It is the food. It is that is a huge, huge component. I mean, also there's the movement aspect of it too, but yeah. that's just that's 90% of it, I'd say. Yeah. Oh. Now, from your perspective, it might feel like 90%, but what I find for people who are older, who are double your age and up, right, is that exercise isn't something that is taken for granted as it is for you. You're an elite gymnast where physical movement has been part of your upbringing and your, uh, you know, part of your DNA, as, as, as people like to say. And so I think that you've always had uh, that box ticked. You know, you've always had that box ticked at a high level. Your oxidative stress would have been much lower than the average person. Your joint mobility, as you say, in some cases, even hypermobile, okay? So you've got youth on your side, which means your enzymatic activity is much greater than at an older age. All these advantages come with exercise and youth. So for you, the big missing piece of the puzzle was the, was the diet. But for the older demographic, of which you know myself and those above my age, we must move, and it's not sort of something that we've necessarily been elite at uh, like yourself. It, give us some tips with regards to how you continue now to do um, like phenomenal four hours a day of training and flipping and all this stuff um, and maintain your, um, you know, maintain your weight and also maintain your low levels of joint inflammation with all that impact that's going on. Yeah. So, um, I would say I, I have to give credit where credit's due. I did the, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Sean T's insanity program. It's a, I do know the insanity program. My friend, yeah, my good buddy Joel did that, and he he actually made my wife and I do a session with him one time, and we were like, "This is insanity." <laughs> it is insanity. I just, I, I that's what I started with, though. I was like, you know, I started at home. I was afraid to go to the gym. I would, I had a handicap placard. I couldn't. <gasps> I did. I was. I was. I couldn't walk across campus. I had to park in the handicap. Like that was how bad my feet were. I had, uh, I just thought it was like plantar fasciitis and bunions. And I thought that I had swollen feet and I didn't move at all for years, actually. So I was 17 when I quit and I just started exercising again in November, December of 2020. 
So I was doing everything at home because of COVID. I was like, you know, I'm going to commit to this eight weeks of this exercise regimen. And I cried every single day that I worked out because I was in that much pain. But I would, I just, I just stuck with it and then got myself back onto the right kind of nutrition. Cause that was something that I struggled with too, was going back and forth. I was like using food as a way to cope with it's, it's all it's, I get, I struggle with a lot of depression because of the chronic illness. They go like hand in hand for me. And then the food is, you know, something that I use for, you know, coping with that. And so it was a, it was definitely a struggle for a little while to stay on that track just because I used that as an outlet. It was, it was something, you know, I would eat so many, so many sweets and stuff like that, but I was like, I'm still working out. So it's fine. But, um, once I committed to that, like eight weeks, that was, that was really the start of me getting back on track with like nutrition and movement. Um, and then after I did that eight weeks, I joined uh, Raw Training, which is a CrossFit gym in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And that was absolutely life changing for me, too, is just the community as a whole. I needed that um, personally because, you know, at the end, I don't know if I should say the end of the pandemic, but during the pandemic, like before everybody's going places, I was you know, afraid to go to gyms and stuff. Cause I was like, I'm immunocompromised. I'm afraid to go to places. And so whenever I started CrossFit, that was like the first real thing that I did to like get myself back into the real world, other than just like online school and such. And then eventually I realized that CrossFit for me, just with my stress levels, um, was not something that I should do every day. So I do it twice a week now and I do hot yoga three times a week, which if anybody is listening right now and you have not tried hot yoga, just go do a week. Like they do like $20 for a week. Just go try it. Even if you get a migraine on the first day, go back the next day and drink more water. Just trust me. Trust me. <laughs> like that was, I was so resistant to hot yoga for the longest time. And after three weeks of doing it, my body's just my mobility is so much better. Also, I do a lot of resistance bands, um, like you said, with the, the shoulder stuff. Um, fixing my scapular winging is a, a huge thing. I work on that probably like four days a week. And about on average, I probably train between two and six hours a day, depending um, sometimes I'll work out twice a day and I do the gymnastics gym. So I'm kind of like all over the place with my fitness right now, but starting off, it was not just, I did not just start off with coming back to all of that. So I don't want to like have anybody be discouraged because it was tough. It was really tough to get back into, but it has been life-changing, life-changing. You've posted a video reel on your Instagram that showed you crying on a oh, treadmill yeah. or it might have been like a, a tra- some kind of trainer elliptical or something so obviously you know that that, that and, and and let me put that in context that was when you started to get back into fitness again okay. trying to get built rebuild your body's ability to handle exercise um what would you say to people who are 
struggling with that at the moment, who find it hard to be motivated or just there's a lot of pain, they don't know where to start? Um, I would say that don't look for motivation, look for discipline and consistency. Even if it's it's going to be painful at first for anybody, even if you don't have rheumatoid arthritis or any kind of mobility issue, um, it's going to be tough to get, for anybody to join a gym. It's hard to walk in there. It takes it takes a lot. It takes a lot of courage and discipline and all of that stuff. So just motivation, I would say, is the spark that like gets you there and then discipline is and consistency are what keep you going. And if you keep going, even if you have, you know, like, like whenever I was sick with COVID, I, I was down and out for a month. I was sick for a month. And that was after my little pizza incident too. So that was just the combination. I flared for a month in my fingers and that was I didn't work out for probably three weeks and my body was just completely stiff. I was like completely discouraged. I was like this whole year I've put so much into working out and I feel like I'm losing my strength, but uh, just even adding like doing weightlifting has given me this sense of like, okay, all my muscles aren't going to just go away in three weeks. It's okay. Like as long as I get myself up and at least walk. Like I remember you had even said walking to the stop sign at first was like the, a huge deal. And I, I, for anybody out there, just take that first step. Take that first step and just realize that that single step is just one step on the staircase, I guess. Yeah, I love it. It's made me uh, tears well up a little bit in my eyes as I remember that stop sign. That stop sign you mentioned for me is just outside my mother-in-law's house in Orlando. And I used to, at the same time every day, because I love routine, consistency, track ability, um, things where we control as many things as we can so that we isolate the one thing that we're testing. And I used to get everything, you know, the same every day uh, at the same time. And I used to walk. And what I would be trying to do is get to that stop sign. And, and I want to tell you, Rihanna, that stop sign, it was about 150 yards from the door. It wasn't, it wasn't a mile away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the challenge that I had to try and walk. And then when I walked past it, it was just so thrilling and wonderful. And then I would take like four steps past it, turn around and walk back to the house. And then I would get to the corner. And then by the time we'd finished the four-week stay with my mother-in-law, I was walking around their lake out the back of the house, which would have been then more like a total of a mile. And uh, that 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 got my knee back on track and uh, and that knee lasted another 11 years. So like uh, that, that, that month, and it's just, you know, if I had, you know, like you say, get to, get to the stop sign or get to the next tree, um, as Dr. Clapper put it, um, when I was speaking to him about such things, uh, he said, you know, you just try and get to the next tree um, and, then, and then turn around. So it's, um, you know, you've climbed out of a very deep hole. I mean, you. Uh, what what really shocked me is when you said that you had like a uh, a disability pass, you parking in, dis- in disabled areas to be able to 
uh, you know, you, could, you couldn't walk across campus and so on. I mean, how do you sort of feel now uh, reflecting on that? Um, and what, what's next for you? I mean, what's your current position emotionally and, and what do you want to do next? I mean, just thinking back to that, it's because I went to the University of Pittsburgh, so it was always cold and I had to walk from, you know, like that's in downtown Oakland. So you have to walk pretty far if you don't have, you know, handicap placards. So that was definitely something that I I had to get on board with because I was like, I've never like I've never had to use a handicap placard. And, you know, somebody my age, people look at me and they're like, oh, you're not disabled. I look fit. Mm. So like, they're like, oh, you don't look disabled. And Mm. so I would always be, I was honestly a little bit afraid to use it at first. And I would just, you know, hobble across campus because that's, it was hard for me to accept, but eventually, um, you know, I started, I started trying to utilize that because it was a, it was a statement for me that this is where I'm at in my, like, that's where I was at in my journey. And I had to change something if I wanted something to change. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I I just remember being so cold and in so much pain, like, and it's the cold weather and walking across in the snow with a boot on my foot. And I'm like, I just like, it's, it was always something, always something. And I was just so, I just, felt so frustrated and sad and like I was missing out you know I finally had you know gotten into college and there was things that I wanted to do and you know go and hang out and do stuff but like I just wasn't in a I wasn't like everybody else you know there's also a group of people out here that not even just with rheumatoid arthritis but there's other people with chronic illnesses out here that are also doing stuff and they're amazing people as well. I know two contortionists that are out here doing stuff with chronic illnesses, and they're absolutely amazing. Um, just the stuff that they can do despite. Uh, but that's, I kind of want to do what they're doing. I want to inspire others to live their healthiest lives and uh, to get themselves out of feeling that frustration. And I just remember feeling so angry. And if I can help one person to not feel that, that's what I want to do. Yeah. My dad has always said to me, when you feel fear, act. And I think the same thing applies to different negative emotions, not just fear. When you feel anger, act. When you feel frustration, act. And under the category of act, what would act look like to improve our life? Well, act when I've when I would feel anger, the act would be letting that out, screaming in my car with my windows up. If I could have punched walls without the agony of it, I would have, but I just couldn't because that would have just doubled my pain levels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you got to get that out of the That's body. So relatable. <laughs> that is so relatable. <laughs> Um, and then, so I think now with, if people are in a state of frustration and fear and, and lack of hope and have listened this far through our conversation, act would be go and have a green juice. Act would be go for a walk. 
act would be going late afternoon or early morning, go for a nature walk and get some sun exposure before the UV index kicks up. Um, act would be go and do some resistance bands workout right now. Or can you right now do 10 squats to a chair back up, even if you need to use your hands a little bit? What is it right now that is going to be act for you? Because when you felt that frustration trying to walk across the campus and you've got your boot on, it's freezing and you're angry, you're like, this is not my life. You know, you didn't sit back and just say, well, what, what else can I talk about at the rheumatology clinic? Because Humira's caused you infections and things we didn't really catch, I don't think. And, uh, but, but you had all problems with that. And methotrexate didn't make you feel too good. Um, I mean, there's options there, but what can you do as well? And you've done, you know, what would be considered medically impossible, which has reduced your symptoms now just to a little bit of what I consider not even autoimmune problems in your shoulders. I mean, it's phenomenal. You've got to feel so proud of yourself. These things are the things we really want to feel proud of in life, not making, making lots of money or stuff, but you've taken the laws of nature and you've actually and employed them into your own body in a way that's beautiful. Thank you. That means so much. It's like, I don't even realize how far I've come sometimes. So I'm just so focused on like beating my past self, I guess, in a sense, like just being better than just being like 1% better every single day is, I guess that's my mindset now, because if I can do that, then I'm constantly working towards something greater. Even if there's a day that I feel like I can just go and bike at the gym you know like even I don't feel like moving weights at least I'm doing something and that's just one small fraction of my journey and it's like learning to be like it's okay to take rest days that's also difficult for me is to take rests and recovery because I can't sit still so <laughs> I have to do a lot of stuff with like mental stimulation as well because it just I find that like that's really helpful even just doing like little number puzzles whenever I'm like fidgety it's really helpful mm -hmm. so my view on rest days is that if someone has an has a joint that's really inflamed and hot and swollen that that inflammation doesn't have a rest and I would recommend that joint needs to be moved every single day and taking a day off is is not my recommendation i went to bikram yoga nearly every single day for a year because if i didn't i wouldn't have been able to walk wow. so um a really inflamed joint means a real lot of attention right. um, now it's just working out what that attention looks like so that we're not stirring it up and that's obviously a whole nother conversation different topic and, and so on but Yes, if we're just talking about muscle recovery, normal people, in inverted commas, recovering from workouts, a rest day is a good idea from time to time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. I mean, even if it's just like an active recovery type of thing, just getting out. Because I have yeah. I have a 110-pound dog, so I don't really ever get to rest now. Is he, yeah. he, he's something that I was able to do after getting my – inflammation under control i wanted a dog for so long and he gets me out every day because i walk him so that's like it's been a huge help huge huge help and that's something i could not do before getting my ra under control i couldn't walk him i wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to have a dog no yeah 
Absolutely. Even stuff like that, active recovery, just doing like foam rolling to like loosen up the the fascia in your your body is is so important, so helpful. Even just I mean, getting massages too. That's also like a good active recovery type thing. I think. I if anybody that needs to go and get a massage that has RA should go and do it. If you're thinking about doing it, just go and do it. It's worth it. Yeah, the uh, the government should give out free passes to anyone with rheumatoid arthritis to uh, to get free massages, a free gym pass, a free Patterson program, and um, well, they get these episodes for free. So, <laughs> okay, well, Rihanna, thank you so much for for sharing all of this information. Um, I want everyone to um, who's interested in um, seeing what Rihanna can do, and also to maybe. Uh, reaching out to Rihanna for some advice, uh, some information. Uh, she's open to the idea of having a future career as helping people with inflammatory arthritis, particularly those who are really physically active and have had, um, you know, uh, impacted their professional uh, careers with sports because of arthritis. Uh, she has ex- such expertise in managing elite uh, physical activity with uh, autoimmunity. Uh, so go head over to Rihanna Skiles, S-K-I-L-E-S on Instagram. And Rihanna, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we go? Um, I don't think so. I just, uh, anybody that wants to reach out, like sending me a message on social media, I'll get back to you with any, and answer any questions. And um, I'm so grateful to have been able to be here. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.